0: good morning America it's Friday <laughs> if you if, if you know who made that line famous put it in the comment section here it is one more time good morning America it's Friday now uh, just for fun I know I'm talking to some people uh, outside of the US today so I, I don't mean any disrespect to you but uh, <clears throat> in fact uh, we've had people from other countries joining us almost every single day and There's someone who's been joining us from the Philippines uh, just about every single day, I think so far. And I just want you guys to know that I looked you up on the internet and I see that you own a steakhouse in the Philippines, which sounds pretty good right now since I'm on a diet. So someday when I get to to visit the Philippines, I'm going to stop by your restaurant and I want a big old steak. Big old steak, medium well. I like it cooked all the way through, okay? Uh, Speaking of, I mentioned this on Sunday, but we've had a, got a number of New Hopers who uh, operate restaurants. And <clears throat> what we've done is we've put the restaurants and some other small businesses on our church website under the tab at the top of the homepage, let's support each other. I think is what it says, right? Let's support each other. And uh, <clears throat> as I said on Sunday, I'm not telling you to go out to get your food. But what I am saying is, if you are going out to get your food, why not support someone in your own church family by purchasing from the restaurant that they own or operate? The list is on our website, newhopechurch.tv. I hope that you'll take advantage of it. So I hope that you're well, and I hope that all is well with your soul. I know that this is a difficult time, and you know, as always, news is not good, news is not good. Uh, but, uh, it will get better. It will get better not soon enough, but it will get better. And I hope that well, I'm glad that you're joining us for our daily devotional. And, and all I'm doing, if you've been with us, you already know this. I'm just reading to the book of John and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully making some helpful comments along the way. So the awesome thing that has been happening whenever we get together like this is how the church is supposed to work. Uh, and that is the fact that you guys are, when you gather here in this space, this space in cyberspace, that uh, while I'm talking, you're encouraging each other. And you're sharing prayer requests and you're praying for each other. And that does my heart so much good. I just absolutely love it. So <clears throat> um, I will say that even you just saying, good morning from uh, Ro Sharon, or, Good morning from League City, or good morning from Katy, or good morning from the Philippines, wherever you are, just saying that simple line, and this. It's, you may not get this right now, but hopefully you will someday, just that simple line is an encouragement to everybody else, especially those who feel somewhat isolated right now, and maybe you're feeling a lot alone right now, uh, they all of a sudden know that they're not alone that they're in, they're in this, but they're in this with other people. So please chime in, let us know where you're joining us from. If you have a prayer request, put it out there. If you, need to, or if you would pray for someone who needs prayer, please do so. Let's continue being the church. Okay, <clears throat> today we're in John chapter nine. And today we're gonna to talk about uh, the healing of the man who was born blind. And, and then we're going to pray that God would open up our eyes today, okay? Lord, show us your truth today. Amen. Uh, John chapter 9, and I don't even have it open on my iPad here. John chapter 9, we're going to begin verse 1. As he, meaning Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. So real quick here, uh, the disciples were operating under the notion and the false pretense, the false belief that if something was wrong with someone, it's because that person had sinned or because their parents had sinned. Uh, same thing most people believe back in the day, same thing that a lot of people believe to this day, okay? They, uh, people think that, you know, the healthy people, the wealthy people are more spiritual because they're healthy and wealthy because God loves them more. And if back in the day, if you were lower or middle class, it's because uh, people thought you weren't good enough. God didn't love you enough. <clears throat> and as I said, a lot of people still believe this today. They still operate under this same framework of beliefs today that if you really love God, then you're going to be healthy and wealthy and nothing bad will ever happen to you. And you're going to get the job and you're going to get the promotion and hallelujah. And, and uh, honestly, because we're honest at this church, that's not always the case. I have known some very good, very spiritual people who love God just as much as or more than anyone else and I have watched them go through heck. And I can tell you that it wasn't because of their sin. But rather oftentimes what happens is we go through junk because we live in a fallen world. I talked about this the other day that that sin does have consequences, but not everything that happens in my life is a result, a direct result of my personal sin it's more of a result of living on a fallen planet sometimes it's just the truth so verse three now remember the disciples just asked who sinned this man or his parents verse three neither this man nor his parents sinned said jesus but this happened so that the works of god might be displayed in him as long as it is day we must do the works of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So I am the bread of life in uh, chapter six. I'm the light of the world in chapter eight. He repeats it here again. I'm the light of the world in chapter nine. By the way, seven ams in the book of John, if you're keeping track. Verse six, after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva. <laughs> And he put it on the man's eyes okay kind of gross here kind of gross here uh, but jesus just just think about it he's jesus the son of almighty god our savior and lord spit on the ground he spit into the dirt on the ground and then it gets worse he mixed the dirt with his fingers and he made some mud so he's he's got his fingers in spit that he spit into the dirt and now he's making mud, so he's got mud on his, and spit on his, his fingers. And then he, and it gets worse. He takes that mud that he's made and with his spit and he smears it onto this man's eyes. Okay, this, my friends, is a principle of life that I'm going to call the mud in the eye principle. The mud in the eye principle. And here's what it means. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. I'm not saying that to make you depressed, but it's how life works sometimes. And I think that we're kind of watching it played out right now in our world. We're waiting for things to get better, and it seems like in some respects they are getting worse. But the good news is it will get better. Not as soon as I want it to, nope. Not as soon as you want it to, uh, we missed that train a couple weeks ago when we all wanted it to get better, but uh, listen to me. God is going to walk with us through this time, through this valley, and we're going to come out of on the other side praising God, and we're going to be stronger in ways that we weren't even thinking about. Amen? Mud in the eye, verse 7, go. He said to him, so this is Jesus talking, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which that word means sent. So the man went, washed and came home seeing verse eight, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging, ask, isn't this the same guy who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that it was. Others said, no, it only looks like him. Kind of funny that once Jesus healed him, he looked different and I. Uh, don't ask me to explain that, but, but, but let me think out loud for just a second. Maybe it was that he formally had this sort of full-face grimace as he was trying to see through eyes that weren't working, and that full-face grimace was replaced by a smile that lit up his whole face, making him maybe look totally different. <clears throat> second half, verse 9. But he himself exi- insisted... I am the man how then were your eyes open they asked verse 11 he replied the man they called Jesus made some mud and he put it on my eyes he told me to go to Siloam and wash so I went and washed and then I could see where where is this man they asked him I don't know he said verse 13 they brought they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been born blind now the day on which this in which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath, which is kind of funny the way that John wrote that, the the day that Jesus had made mud, because that's against the Sabbath, the Sabbath day rules too. Apparently you can't make mud on the Sabbath. The day he had made mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. And to me, it's hilarious how Jesus always seemed to be healing people on the Sabbath, that's Jesus. Verse uh, 15. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I can see. Verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Talking about Jesus. Jesus, he isn't from, he's not from God. He, he doesn't keep the law of the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do stuff like this? How can he perform such signs? So they were divided. Verse 17. <clears throat> uh, then they turned again to the blind man what have you to say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until after they sent for the man's parents. Uh, is this your son? They asked, is, is this the one that you, uh, is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can see? Uh, verse 20, uh, and, the, the, and the, the, the parents are a little nervous. A little nervous here, and you can tell. We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he is of age. Why don't you ask him? Verse 24. A second time, they summoned the man who had been born blind. Uh, Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. Now, if this was a court of law, that, my friends, is a very leading statement by the prosecution, Your Honor. Let's do it again. Give glory to God by telling the truth. We know this man is a sinner. Then listen to this. I love, I love, love, love this next verse. Verse 25, the formerly blind man replied. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Listen to me. Everyone who knows Jesus and is listening to me right now has the exact same testimony. We don't know. When we met Jesus, we didn't know everything about Jesus. We didn't know... We couldn't maybe cross all the T's and dot all the I's, and we didn't have all the vi- mer- verses memorized, so we couldn't tell you where the stories were in the Bible, but this is what we do know. We were blind, and now we can see. We were a sinner once upon a time. We met Jesus, and now we're saved. I had sin on my record. I met Jesus, and now I'm forgiven. I was a prodigal son, and then I met Jesus, and now I'm at home in the family of God. And I only have one explanation for that. And it's the same explanation that you have as well. Jesus, amen? Verse 26. Then they ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? The formerly blind guy has a sense of humor here. Verse 27, he answered, I've already told you, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Oh, snap. (laughs) That made him mad. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened up my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening a man's eyes who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. So, Jesus heard that this man had been thrown out. And when he found him, he said to this man, now remember this guy sees now. So this man is looking at Jesus, Jesus finds him. Jesus walks up to him and says, do you believe in the son of man? Talking about himself, "Do do you believe in me? Verse 36, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Now remember this guy hadn't seen Jesus yet. Last time he had been in front of Jesus, he had mud on his face and his eyes were still blind and he walked away from Jesus to go wash his eyes. But he wants to believe he's confessed that to the religious leaders. And now here he is standing in front of Jesus and he says, tell me who he is so that I may believe in him. Verse 37, Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. Boom. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. What a beautiful moment. Verse 39. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, what, are we blind too? Verse 41. Jesus said, if you were blind, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but now that you claim that you can see, your guilt remains. In other words, you gotta get humble, man. You gotta get humble and accept what Jesus has done for you. And uh, they themselves said, we follow Moses, not Jesus, which means they were still trying to get to heaven by their own works, by the law. And I am just going to tell you again, as I always tell my church family, you can't, it doesn't matter how hard you work, you can't get to heaven by your own works. You can't work hard enough to take away your own guilt and your own sin. But Jesus can take away your sin. He can take away your guilt in a moment of belief and i hope and i pray that you are there right now let me pray for you heavenly father i pray lord that you would just help us to lose the pride if we got pride that is standing in between us and you and what you want to do in our lives help us to lose it help us just to humbly come to you and receive from you what your soul willing to give to us that forgiveness made possible by Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Your grace and new life and eyes that are open to your glory. I pray that we would stay strong even if it gets worse before it gets better. I thank you, Lord, that just as you worked spit and dirt together on the ground, that you are working all things in our current situation together for our good and for your glory. God, heal the sick, protect the healthy. For those who are hurting right now financially, I pray that you would continue to fill in that gap and supernaturally, Lord, make a way for them. I pray, God, that you would guide and you would guard the doctors and the nurses who are dealing with this thing every single day. I pray that you would give wisdom to those who are working around the clock for a breakthrough. I pray, God, that you would give wisdom to our leaders who are trying to make decisions for the best interest of our nation and our state and our county and our towns. I pray, God, that you'd take care of my church family. Take care of my church family, God. We're not perfect, but man, we love you. We love you. And I pray that you'll continue to watch over us and in the middle of this bad situation, continue to do good in us. And I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus and all the people said, love you guys and I will see you tomorrow. God bless.